Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 213 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's season finale win at Rutgers, chat with Hale Varsity's Derek Peterson about Nebraska's newly signed recruiting class, and hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. Justin, we, we got a live tweet a game together for once. That was fun, Mike. I didn't find out until Friday that it had been rescheduled. When did it get rescheduled? Uh, early, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh my the, goodness. The, the, the night game got canceled due to COVID. So they just kind of moved it, moved oh. it back a, a slot. I'm saying that like, that's a good thing. No, I like that's too that's bad great. that that happened, but <laughs> well, I mean, for, for us in terms of our viewing experience, uh, it was nice to see Nebraska win a game. Yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. uh, and it was like with all of the, with all the mistakes, uh, you know, despite all that, it did look like Nebraska was kind of getting things figured out as the game went on. So I really liked that. Yeah. You know, the game I thought was much like the Illinois game from two seasons ago where we mm. screwed around in the first half and finally figured things out in the Absolutely. second half, although we didn't have to come from quite so far down. Um, but, you know, one of those games where, if you if you just take care of the ball in the first half, it's not it's not close. If you take care of the ball and have a handle on a kick returner, it's not a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. But you know what? Um happy with the way things turned out. It it was a game where once we were starting to get some momentum towards the end, I was like, we're winning this thing. Like I I'd say it was probably I'd say there's probably about 10 minutes left in the game where I was feeling pretty confident, which is more than I can say about our last victory, honestly. It just felt like, man, there's there we're starting to wear the other team down. I don't see I don't see this slipping from our hands at this point. Yeah, they, they were definitely limping to the finish line. I mean, yeah. everybody was. We cer- we certainly were as well. Mm-hmm. Um but they were uh their limp limp was more pronounced. How, how about that? For sure. I saw was listening to the well, I think I tweeted before the game that some of their players had finals on Friday for, oh, for Rutgers. And then <laughs> after the insane. game, yeah, after <laughs> the game, uh, Shiano was saying that he does like last or he does bed check, I guess, at, at the hotel, the team hotel the night before every game at 11. He goes around and says goodnight to everybody. And he said he thought like 25 percent of the players were still working on final papers that were due. Wow. At wow. like midnight or the next day or something like that. So, uh, you know, I. Wh- regarding like the season being over for Nebraska. Um, it's just, 
it was just such an unusual time and it's so exhausting. I mean, we, we can we can talk about that maybe after we get through talking about the game, but uh, yeah, everybody's just everybody's just exhausted and and beat up and hurt and beat down and missing their families. And at least Nebraska players had been done since Thanksgiving. Like, I don't really know what they've been doing since Thanksgiving uh, other than practicing, but you know, the semester for them ended. So they've, they've just been sitting around, I guess (laughs) playing video games, I suppose. Well, that and practicing their butts off. I'm sure (laughs) video game and practice. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you take away the goofy turnovers, which is a big, a big takeaway considering there was two fumbles and two interceptions for Adrian. Is that right? Yeah. Two fumbles and two interceptions. So you take those out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 24-28 passing for 255 yards and 23 rushes for 157 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that's amazing. That's really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What a a game for him. Um, You just, he just got to protect the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, you know a really athletic interception that whatever we he, they we probably shouldn't have thrown it but you know you got to tip your cap to a good play but the the fumbles yeah so going into next year um, I guess Logan Smothers was the number two guy something's wrong with Luke we don't know what um, Luke was out he was in street clothes so Logan Smothers and Luke they you know they just got to feel like as as much leadership and experience as Adrian has like. It, they could they could get they could win that job if if their deep ball is good. I mean we we completed a deep ball on one, Friday and it was one like one deep ball. <laughs> it was it was like a miracle. It was a Christmas miracle. And then what happened after was promptly not fun. But yeah, but it, you know it's it's the kind of game we've been looking for all year as far as pounding the ball between the tackles with Dedrick Mills. He had over two hundred yards. Unfortunately, one of his long runs was called back, so he finished with one ninety one. Yeah. Um, dominant running by adrian especially in the second half he has such he's so tall and he has such a long stride that it just looks like he's not even trying he's like gliding Mm -hmm. i have i have thought that since the first time i saw him run it's like he is totally one of those guys where like he falls and gains four yards somehow just on his way down you know right i mean the the quarterback sneak from him is it's just money because he's so so doggone big and then you get Dedrick Mills pounding him in the backside, and I mean that's a touchdown, <laughs> right? It, w- it was good to see uh, Wandale used well. I mean, seven seven rushes for twenty four yards and his first touchdown of the season, along with six catches for seventy five seventy nine yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's uh, that's great. That's what we've wanted from him. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at all the receptions here. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys caught balls. Ten guys caught balls. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, tight ends, running backs, <laughs> wide receivers. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> just a, a really, a really satisfying uh, performance minus the turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you you look at the stats, and and I know we kind of did this a few weeks ago. Where it's like, well, if you if you erase these big mistakes, that could have totally affected the outcome of the game. You know, <laughs> like. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but honestly. Uh, I mean, Frost was even saying that is is just like that's that's the biggest thing is just cleaning up the discipline. Like once you unlock that key, you know, or whatever, you know, I'm using terrible metaphor here, but you know, once you get that figured out, things should tighten up quite a bit with this team. And you got, I well, mean, that's a lot of that's age too. A lot of these kids are gonna get older and and more experienced, and and that discipline is just gonna come with age. I think. Right, and then you know you talk about the discipline and, and the age, and then you you see three 
three freshmen starting on the fresh on the mm-hmm. offensive line plus mm-hmm. sophomore Cam Jurgens. I mean, this is this is the future happening right now, and uh, really good game. I I think that I do want to stop here and say that as exciting as it was to win, and as fun as it was to dominate in the closing stretch there. I mean. Rutgers is not an amazing team. True. They're not a bad team. Mm-hmm. They're not a bad team. They they scored points this season, and clearly they got turnovers. Like they're a, a, a very good team. They made a lot of strides uh, in Shiano's first year, and they're going to continue to get better. So um, while we don't want to underhype the win, I suppose we shouldn't overhype it. But it's hard not to overhype a win when you get three of them, and you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, the the biggest takeaway for me is that after this game. I feel a lot less trepidation about 2021 than we were a few weeks ago. Does that make any sense? Like, I just, I feel like we were in a spot a few weeks back where it was like, ooh, this this is really bad. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. This game kind of had me saying, you know, I, I can see how they can build on what we're watching today, you know? So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. It's and also just being able. To, what I just said a moment ago about all the the youth on the offensive line. You also got with Ty Robinson youth on the defensive line. I mean, you see, you're seeing young guys come in and make a meaningful impact. You're seeing Frost guys make a meaningful impact. Um, well, and and another another impact player, not necessarily a young guy, but Fuldarius Payne, um, JUCO transfer. I think he played in every game this year. Had a sack, a couple tackles, solo. Uh, one and a half tackles for loss. I mean, it, it's just it's just exciting to see. It, we're, we're so focused uh, this year on where are the wide receivers? Why are they all transferring? Why right. are they all going back to Florida? Um, but in the trenches where the games are won and lost in the Big Ten, um, we're, we're getting those guys and they're and they're making an impact. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it it might be easy to look at this season and and, and focus on the inability to, to pass long and to have those rip off the top plays, but um, I don't want to say those are easier, but you get one explosive guy and he can come in like Omar Manning. If he gets healthy or whatever his issue is, like he comes in, you, you get a guy who can a pass it to him. Then B you've got, you've got big plays, but that those trenches, like that's not something where you just plug in like that takes mm-hmm. development. Yeah. So all that to say, there's a lot of frustration this year, but um I'm just one of the things I'm going to take away from this last game is the the youth in the trenches is really coming along. Yeah, as a as somebody who teaches uh, music lessons, that's something I always talk about is this whole idea of you know if you're building a house, you got to have a decent foundation, and uh-huh. winning in the trenches is that foundation for everything else to work on a football team. I feel so. Um, yeah, hopefully it's one of those things where they get this stuff locked in. They got players getting older, more experienced, um, and then the rest will follow. Mike, you got a little feisty during the game, uh, quote tweeting another uh, another podcast's uh, <laughs> poll. Yeah. You, you had some people coming at you. You want to yeah, tell okay, us about well, that? It's, it's halftime, right? And I, I forget, were we, were we, we were losing by three at halftime, weren't we? Something like that. Something um, like that. And and people were asking like the, the the poll was does Nebraska win this game, and I was just shocked at how many people were answering no. Like a majority of people were answering no. Now maybe a lot of these people voting are not Nebraska fans, but I I retweeted it saying like if if you don't think that Nebraska can win this game, and now notice 
I'm not saying will, but can. If mm-hmm. you don't think Nebraska can win, why are you watching? For me, that that's the the thing. It's like as a Nebraska fan, I think as a baseline, you gotta believe that your team can win. Even the first game of the season, we played Ohio State. I thought that there was a chance Nebraska could win that game. Did I think it was sure. likely? No, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm not like this like self deceived goon who thinks like just blindly Nebraska is going to win every game. But but you got to believe, man. You got to believe. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Some people took issue with that. Yeah, like I don't but. know. I like if I reach a point where I earnestly believe at the beginning of every game that Nebraska is going to lose, that it's not possible that my team can win. I got better things to do. That's fair. So that's that's me though. To each his own. Well, and it it, it was almost an existential question, which we've we've gone through. This this season, the last number of years, uh, like what's what's, what's the value? What's of this keeping one? We're you here so yeah. much? But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, to see to see a, a senior like Dedrick Mills um, finally put it all together when he's been dogged by injuries all season, a guy that was clearly a leader of the team uh, on and off the field and hasn't been able to show out like we'd hoped for him to put it all together. And uh, just just reading the tea leaves on some different tweets, it sounds like he's gonna not come back. Um, I, you know, we've, we've kind of talked on and off about what it might look like for people to come back. And as I've been saying all season, you know, there's a, there's a cycle to these things. There's a, a way that it goes. And I think for guys who've gone through four or five years of college and, um, aren't planning on playing professional and aren't, you know, I don't know who have jobs and potentially in life that they want to get on with. Like, yeah, some I, of these guys have of, wives and children at this point. <laughs> I mean, some of them do. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, no, for real. I'm, I'm not saying that as a joke. I mean, you, you oh. get towards the end of college, there's plenty of dudes getting married, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and also you think about the physical toll that it takes. You look at a guy like Colin Miller, you know, he did not walk off the field on his last play. And he, I don't know, I assume he feels lucky to be, I, I, I guess we really don't know how he's doing, but it seems like he's doing well. And so anyway, there's just I'm not surprised and won't be surprised if if most of the people don't come back. Like mm. I'm gonna do this one more time. I just think that people are so um, the the cycle of college football life is baked in. It's just it is what yeah. it is. And at the same time, I could see some current juniors deciding to to stick around at the end of next year. Like who? I, I mean, just like theoretically, like if I feel like a oh, okay. if, if there's a junior who maybe isn't getting the attention in terms of recruiting for the next level that, he, you know, like if he feels like he still needs to build up his resume, I could see somebody mm. sticking around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. somebody who's like, maybe is considered an underdog for whatever position they're like, well, if I go back one more year, maybe I can prove that I'm worth taking a second look at, you know, I tweeted something midway through the first half with, which was just, you know, this defense, this defense is legitimately good. Like, do you think they resent the offense? Because, mm. They just they go out there and they shut them down. You look at like the average. I don't know what the average starting field position was, but I know that they started. Rutgers started on the fifty at one point and the forty at one point, and we had three three drives ninety yards and longer, longer than ninety yards in the second half. So uh, so they they, coming into this game, we knew that their uh, special teams SP plus was top twenty five. I think. 
and ours is almost bottom 25. So we knew we were they were going to have an edge there. Um, and that, you know... So anyway, our defense had to put up with a lot, and they mm-hmm. kept us. They kept us in it. They kept it going, and uh, you just wonder if if there's any point. I you know I think they're tight enough. Frost has a strong enough culture that there maybe isn't going to be that resentment, especially after a win. But I'm I could see myself getting petty. <laughs> hopefully in in I don't know. Hopefully in a locker room like that. That's the kind of thing you know we've been talking about culture for three years. That's the kind of thing that's been washed out of the system. How'd you feel seeing uh, Noah on the sideline there? It was sad. Like, I mean, it would have been worse if he played and we lost. Like, so at least that possibility was yeah. taken away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, but like, just you know, that the whole for for his sake, it probably would have been a lot of fun for him to get a play in this game. Um, so that that's the only part of it that's like for me. That's like, oh, that's too bad. No, it would have been. I was I was thinking about that, and like you don't want like none of us want him to be hurt, and yeah. would have preferred for him to be play to play. But if you think like, what I mean, there's just for a fan perspective, we we didn't have to feel conflicted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that it's about us, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm it's glad just that kinda, I didn't have to feel. It's one of those things where you're glad it didn't happen uh, because of the implication, right? Yeah. Now there's a guy that you wonder if he'll uh, if he'll go for an extra year. Mm. Right, because he uh, never really got a chance to play, you know. Well, I mean, he 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 did play this season. I mean, he he was uh, the starter for most yeah, of the season. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it um it was such a weird season, and I don't I don't follow Rutgers recruiting, so I don't know if they've brought in a the future as far as the quarterback room is is going. But you know, Shiano might be happy to have him around for another year. And man, if he had played that game, if he had played and we had all those turnovers, like I don't know that we could have held on because I don't, maybe we could have, but to, to have him as I did, I didn't, well, I can't talk to have him as a dynamic runner would have been a lot more difficult for our defense to handle. Yeah. And, uh, and they, and they did a great job shutting him down, but it might not have taken much more to make that game competitive. We only won by a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Despite <laughs> nigh 1000 yards of offense. I'm <laughs> round, I'm rounding up, <laughs> rounding up. Sure. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Sorry. Is it okay for me to say that I'm funny? (laughs) Sure. Live it up, man. I make myself laugh, at least. Well, hey, what do you say we uh, hear from our friends and listeners on the Runza Reaction line? Let's do it. First up is a longtime friend of the podcast. Glad to have him call in on the the last game of the season. Uh, Here is Michael. Hello. This is Michael from Omaha, Nebraska. First and foremost, I would like to wish Mike and Justin a Merry Christmas. I hope you and your family have a safe and fun Christmas. Now on to Husker football. What can I say? You know, if, if there's one game you can see what how our entire season has been like, look no further than Rutgers. You know, four ton, turnovers in the game and all the penalties. You know, it's kind of a miracle we were even able to win the game. Plus, you know, having only – we had 600 yards of offense, but we only managed to have 28 points on the board. You know, you would think, you know, 600 yards of offense, we would have been able to put the game away, but those penalties and turnovers really hurt us. If anything, you know, our special teams and 
even our defense, wow, you know, holding, you know, out of those four turnovers, if I remember, I think we only gave up six points in those. So kudos to our defense. You know, they're the ones that kept us in that game. And our special teams, when we really needed them, you know, they stepped up. So, you know, I can't wait to see what our defense and special teams are like next year. But our offense really needs to kick it in gear and, you know, learn, you know, keep the ball security. And I remember correctly, we, we are dead last in the turnover margin in the big, uh, big 10. So we really need to work on protecting that ball. So, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2021 has to offer and I, you know, as always, go Big Red. Well, first off, thank you, Michael, for your kind words. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, for those of you who don't know, Michael is actually somebody uh, that I grew up in Boy Scouts with together, so it's cool to have um, Husker football as a way to stay in touch. Um, but, yeah, Michael, I really hope that this game was kind of the the season in a nutshell uh, in terms of what it represents because um, – like I was saying earlier, uh, there's so much promise and yeah, there's some really ugly things that happened in that game. And there's some ugly things that happened in this season, some games we should have won some turnovers and penalties that could have been avoided. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I really hope it, it means that we're heading in the right direction and they can continue to build. And that 2020 being a, or 2021 rather <laughs> being <laughs> a normal year, uh, man, I, I would just love to see a year where we're just talking about football come August, you know, and, and things just, things just feel right again, both in terms of football being a thing, but also Nebraska football being, um, moving in the right direction for the first time, probably in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That turnover margin is definitely something that has to fit. You just can't, yeah. I, when we maybe look back at the season in a future episode, it'll be interesting to look more deeply into stats like turnover margin because um, you just ain't, you can't win. You're you're gonna be a 500 or worse team if you have a terrible turnover margin. And you always have to remember that was not a 12 game season that we were down like what is it 19 or nine nine or 19. Um, it was an eighth game season that we we were that poor. Um, you're not gonna win in. That Minnesota game was just a case in point where they just uh, ate up the clock and they ran the ball and they had timely passing and we got behind and we just could not catch up and the turnovers, they just kill you. Yep. They just kill you. So it's a great point. Thanks, Michael. Next up is Jim from Omaha. Hey, guys. This is Jim from Omaha, Nebraska. Just wanted to give you my two cents on the game. Um, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I really liked the 620 yards of uh total offense they kind of mix it up with the running and passing and stuff i like the uh the two complete uh downfield uh no they took the ball down the field toward the end two complete two sets going all down the defense uh defense looked very good 620 yards offense offense looked good but the only thing that's kind of holding us up is turning that ball over and the penalties but, uh, you know, it's, it's a young, young team. Those things can get overcome. I'm not going to get on the carousel of, uh, of, uh, wanting to change coaches this time. I think the, uh, coaching situation is good. 
Um, and these kids, I mean, they are kids, uh, very young kids, and they'll learn. But, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of promise in the game. And uh, I think the, uh, the little things, some people may consider them big things with the turnovers and the penalties, but I consider them little things. As the team grows, they'll... Uh, They'll they'll uh, they'll they'll get out of this situation. So everything looks good for next year. Uh, Merry Christmas to uh, Michael and Justin, and uh, take care. Great listening to your podcast. Take care. Thanks, Jim, and Merry Christmas again to you and yours. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, yeah, man, I just I love hearing that 620 yards total offense number. Uh, it, it makes me want to round up to a thousand. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I I really I, I feel like despite all the positivity there, I like I I just hope we get to a point where we're not celebrating like we threw the ball downfield. Like that should be normal next year. Like I don't want to be waiting until the last game to be talking about the one time that we completed a pass downfield. Um, that's my only gripe. Yeah, I mean, Adrian, for all of his accuracy, and he has been really ha- accurate the second half of the season, the long, the long ball is just where he struggles, and I don't know if if Verduzco can fix that in the offseason or if that's just what it is, um, but uh, we're not going to take a, a big step until we can complete a long ball consistently, yep. and, they can, and people have to respect it. I mean, one a game, honestly, one a game would be great um, if you take, and if you take three shots and you hit on one a game, um, I think I could live. I think that would that would rec- uh, that would be big progress. Yeah, so. yeah, be huge. And then of course, uh, Jim did a great job of uh, validating my comment that it's a young team that hopefully is going to get better. But I mean, I guess we've all been saying that for the last three years, so maybe I'm not the most uh, original person in the world. But it is nice to hear uh, somebody who agrees. So, um, man. It's funny. It's it's December, and we're already talking about like we're already starting to drink Kool Aid about how this team's going to be better next year. No, we're just no, we're not drinking any Kool Aid. <laughs> we're we're we're, uh, we're we're on Amazon looking for Kool Aid packets. Okay, okay, we'll take that. Right. <laughs> we need we need a fix. We need something. So we're gonna buy some like some packets from a third party seller that was sold twenty years ago because that's when we were good. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Here is, last but not least, our friend Scott is calling one last time this season. So good to hear from you, Scott. Here's what he had to say. Hey, gents. It's uh, Scott from Lincoln calling once again. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the coupons that you guys have sent, or as I like to call them, coupons. Um, That's actually a way that I like to call them. I say them coupons ironically, but it actually just turns out to be the way I call them now. Um, my thoughts on the game. Uh, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for the, for that. My wife and I really enjoyed them. But anyway, my thought on, my thoughts on the game. Um, first thought is that Adrian Martinez hit his seam route pass to Wandale for a really great game. Um, that was uh, one thought that I was very impressed with. Um, yeah, I just was very I was very happy about that. Um, the game was weird. It went everywhere. I had mixed emotions, you know. I I was thinking we were about to shoot ourselves in the foot. Sound familiar? We were. We were shooting ourselves in the foot. We had a bunch of turnovers, four of them, I believe, was the total, maybe more. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and there were just a lot of head scratchers. Um, 
let's see, what it, what do we got? Uh, he throws, Martinez throws an interception in the end zone for God only knows why. I don't know who he was trying to hit, but he clearly wildly missed him. Um, and then Pacheco getting that fourth and one touchdown once again sounds familiar, like Ibrahim with Minnesota. Um, and they got the two point conversion because we kind of get ourselves set, even though there was a little bit of sketchiness on their offense, but whatever. Um, and then we seem to just get our poop in a group. Did you, it was just so mind boggling that in the second half, we got three drives, three 90 yard drives for touchdowns in the second half. And then we were the only team in the entire FBS that did that. And we had, we had the worst second half productivity the entire season. That is the most Nebraska thing I've ever heard for us to do. But we pulled it together. We got the win. Cam Taylor Britt with the interception. It was amazing. Way to go. I'm glad we didn't lose against Rutgers for our final game of the year. No bowl game. Um, I'm okay with that. It was a, it was a season. Okay. Crappy. Whatever. Um, I, I'm going to look forward to 2021. That's what I got my eyes on. Um, I look forward to listening to your guys' uh, your guys's podcast until next year. Um, have a great day, gents, uh, and go Big Red. Thanks again, Scott. Great to hear from you once again. Kind of feels like a great way to, to bookend our, our uh, runs a call in line, our runs a reaction line with a call from Scott. Um, that, I, I cracked up here in that uh, the most Nebraska thing ever it is. And uh, at this point, like pulling a Nebraska is just being like wildly inconsistent. There were times <laughs> in the past where we could be wildly inconsistent and still win. And I think we are so molded by those experiences just great teams that always came back and then most recently like the 2012 Bopolini team where they just kept coming back um that we almost expect them but uh they, they just don't happen as much as they used to um so anyway uh wild game and uh thanks for those perspectives scott and i will say this language is a fluid thing right so the english mm-hmm. language is not settled whether you say coupon 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 Tomato, tomato, salsa, salsa, pillow, pillow, milk, milk. Uh, okay, milk's probably a stretch, but come on, people. Let's all, uh, it's a season of charity and and kindness and warmth. So from from our house to yours, uh, enjoy your <laughs> Runza coupons. <laughs> That's not what I was going for, but yeah. Word to your Mazda, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, uh, thank you to the callers both this week and uh, all through the year. It's been uh, it's been a real pleasure hearing from you, and thanks to Runza for for making this Runza reaction line possible. Um, they've, uh, as we said before the season, they were real flexible. We've been we talked about doing this for quite a while, and uh, it's been a real great partnership. And I hope you all enjoyed your Runzas. It's been fun uh, sending them your way, and uh, so yeah, I'm glad we did this. I'll have to do it again. After recording this episode, we actually received two more voicemails, so we're going to drop those in right here and give everybody a chance to be heard on this final episode of the season. Hey, guys. It's Matt from Germany. Uh, I don't know if I'm too late for the Rutgers uh, game, but eh, I'll give it a shot anyway. Well, Nebraska won 28-21, and uh, the players decided that if they were offered a bowl game that they would not accept and that they would go home because they spent 10 months isolated from everybody. Okay, no problem. That makes sense. Today, 
this year was one giant redshirt season anyway, so all right. Uh, season went as bad as I expected it to go. Uh, in my prediction to you guys, I said that it could go someplace between 0 and 8 and 4 and 4. 3 and 5, all right, that's about right. Illinois was the one that tripped us all up. Oh, well, that happens. Uh, what can you say about Rutgers? They won. 28-21, wasn't pretty, but they won. Um, Adrian Martinez had two interceptions and two fumbles, but he also completed 24 of 28 passes for 255 yards, ran for 157 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. The fact that Martinez had two fumbles, okay, we need to work on uh, controlling the ball. Uh, two interceptions, eh, but he did complete 24-28 passes. So, all right, we've got to work on that a little bit, but you want him to be aggressive. You want him to be just this side of out of control. The best NASCAR um, race cars, the best Formula One race cars, the fighter jets, the F-16, the uh, F-22, F-35, uh, what have you, they are just this side of being completely out of control, and that's what makes them so effective. That's what makes them so effective. So he's getting there. This game was actually a very good game of his. Um, maybe it's, the, you know, the two interceptions. The coaching staff needs to go back, take a look, and see what plays where he threw his interceptions in the end zone. Maybe they should stop calling those plays. I don't know. That's what Joe uh, Bill Walsh did with Joe Montana. They analyzed all the uh, interceptions that he threw and then simply took those plays out of the playbook. That's where he's going to throw an interception. Why call the play? Uh, so, good job. Uh, good job, uh, Adrian. And, uh, you know, good luck next season to the Cornhuskers. Uh, I've enjoyed the show. It's a wonderful show. And um, you guys have yourself a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. Go Big Reds. Uh, go Big Red. Stay healthy. Stay in Jesus Christ. Bye. Hey, guys. It's uh, Ken from Grand Island again. And um, I hope I didn't call in too late. It's Monday morning, but um, busy weekend. I was actually at home. So um, my take on the game simple. It's, it was definitely a tale of two halves. Uh, first half, we, especially on offense, we looked like Keystone Cops. And then on, in the second half, we looked like a well-oiled SWAT team going on the attack. So, um, it was certainly a better effort all the way around on defense, I thought. Um, you take away, um, a turnover and a kickoff return and that defense only held them to six points. So, very, very impressed. I think Shenander's getting better. The defense is certainly improving. I'm sad they're not going to be playing a bowl game, but at the same time, I'm glad the kids get to go out with a win, and I'm glad they get to go home and be with their families after putting themselves through uh, isolation for the last most of the last seven months. So hats off to the Huskers. We love you kids. Keep it up. I love your podcast. God bless you guys, and we will talk to you again next season. Thank you to Runza, and also thank you so much to everybody that has called in throughout the season, just because it's been a heck of a season to ride out and yeah. and to feel like we're we're with people, you know, for that ride. You know, we're we're not alone. We're not just uh, 
broadcasting out into space at this point. Uh, there are people who are still ride or die with this team, just like us. And so we're so glad that uh, you're taking the time to listen and uh, chime in. Yeah, and this is the second year we've done the call in line, and I feel like it it kind of grew a little bit. We, we had a few repeat callers this year. We had uh, callers from other teams with more than once. Um, so anyway, hope you enjoyed it. It was fun to do. And uh, time to time to hang up the phone. Put the phone on the hook for a little while. Do phones still have hooks? We don't have a landline. Yeah, my folks they haven't given up the landline. So some folks some some phones still have hooks. <laughs> what is the hook? Is the hook the the thing where you just you it's hook what you rest in? it in? Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess. And then it's on the hook, and it hangs there. In, yeah, in, you know, older. Phones. Oh man, do you remember back in the day the like just insanely long phone cords you'd have <laughs> yeah and they were all a, a tangled mess yeah we had one that would allow us to go like basically from our kitchen up like halfway up stairs if we wanted to <laughs> anyway thanks for tuning in to the 90s kid nostalgia podcast <laughs> nostalgia 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 like, isn't that from the end of uh or from every fast and furious movie yeah, like okay so N- nostalgia. I say nostalgia most of the time. I think I just got a little tongue-tied there. Yeah, a little tongue-tied. Yeah. Anyway, hey, what about SP Plus, my man? Uh, SP Plus, uh, some growth here. We moved up seven places to 34 overall. Um, I don't know if we're the best three-win team in the wor- in the country, but, you know, it's kind of cool to see that this is a decent team. That's it's, it's starting to... it's We're encroaching the top 25 despite... All those losses. Yeah. Um, I'll take that for uh, sure. Offensively, no change. We stayed at 38. Uh, defensively, we actually went up eight spots to 41. I think when you wow. only allow like 13 plays, was it, in the second half? Like that'll help <laughs> hold them under 300 yards. Special teams, uh, we went down five spots to 92. So <sighs> I wonder why. Um, yeah, man, just uh, ugly, ugly special teams. Um, Connor Culp didn't get to kick a field goal, so... You know, there wasn't that. He's, like, been the redeeming yeah. feature. Was Pristop uh, punting yesterday? No. Or Friday? He, he was still still out. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. The the mystery of the of the punts. But, oh, hey. Uh, but, hey. Adrian punted. Oh, yeah. That was kind of neat. That was awesome. It's the first time I've ever seen anything like that out of Nebraska. And he did well. Yeah. 45 yards. That's that was, totally that was the awesome. kind of thing where, like, that if if he screwed that up, that'd be that'd be like the one and only time we ever see something like that at Nebraska. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Purdue did it to us twice. I feel like they've yeah. Purdue has done it a lot through the years, yeah. and uh, I, I think that's just a really fun play. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I mean the uh, the special teams thing. At least, at least we're in the top 100. Better than last year. Yeah, it is better last year. Now I'm looking through. Okay, Wisconsin is 16 with. A three and three season, and Washington is nineteen with a three and one season. Utah with three and two is twenty five, and then us at thirty four. So there's people, other three win teams ahead of us, but we have the most losses <laughs> of any of those three win teams. <laughs> so take that. Oh, Penn State actually finished ahead of us with uh, four and five. That's they silly. Up, they ended up. And and in SP Plus's rankings here, they'll probably be one or two more with uh, the Bulls. Probably one more, um, but Northwestern finished thirty three just ahead of us. Their offense finished at ninety nine. Yeah, for me that actually does kind of remind me one nice 
redeeming thing about this season is despite all the grief that Nebraska got for wanting to play the season when everybody else <laughs> was saying we're stupid or whatever, like at least we held up our end of the bargain, right? Our, our team stayed healthy and they showed up for every game. And that's all you can ask for in 2020. Yeah. Hey, let's, Let's talk about the end of the season, but first, two more things to wrap up this I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> if you're, you're going to talk about a score prediction, I don't want to. <laughs> first is the score predictions. Uh, you uh, you picked 38-17. I picked 33-24, so I was off by like eight points, and you were off by ten. Yeah, too much. Fourteen. Too many. Too um, many points. So so I, I win. Did you I win go the three and o? You went 3-0 this year, didn't three you? Three and o this season. Jeez. Um, and that means I get to – I will, of course, since I live in Lincoln, I'll be the one to go pick up our cutout here in the next <laughs> couple weeks, and then I'll have it with me when we record next season, and you can win it back, or you can win the opportunity to have it with you when you record. Okay. If we had, <laughs> if this was a vlog or something, that might actually be visually interesting. But we'll I have to post some pictures. It's just Yeah. Um, we'll see how it's weathered this season. 38-17, your score? I mean, I feel like that's what this game should have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially you take, when you consider how much offense we put up. Good. Well, yeah, gracious. you take out their kickoff return for a touchdown, and maybe they get a field goal instead, and so there's your 17. Take and then, out an interception in the end zone. Yeah, and then we're at 35. Yeah. Then you, you know, another field goal on one of the other turnovers. So yeah, not the other quite turnovers. as insane as it seemed this past week, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like your score, you know, could have could have easily nailed it. So, take so it. that was one, one of two things. The other was... Um, I don't really have any fresh thoughts on this, but Caden Mueller was long snapping for punt, and Cameron Piper was long snapping on PAT and field goal, um, and we never heard a peep about long snapping, which is Chase told us last year, like he doesn't want to hear about, he doesn't want to be in the news. So I think that's a really successful season on the long snapping front. Absolutely. And we we had uh, different holders. I feel like the last two weeks too. So that's a totally mm-hmm. different variable as well. Um, so I, I, I thought we might talk about him more this year, but, uh, we didn't talk about him a ton, but we do as the official or unofficial, uh, <laughs> Nebraska long snapping podcast wanted to, to get that in there. And if anybody else was watching, if any of the Urbox are listening and, uh, have any comments on long snapping this year, we'd love to hear them and share them. Yeah. I'd love that. So I guess just briefly, um, there's not going to be a bowl game for Nebraska. The players have voted that mm-hmm. they want to be done. And, um, you know, I, I ran a poll, I can't remember at some point this weekend saying, do you think we'll go for it? Or maybe it was even last week. And like 90% of respondents said, yes, we would, we would really? go for it. Man, yeah. when I saw the way that the players were talking at the post-game press conference, it did not instill confidence in me that there would be a game. <laughs> yeah, it just, they were done. Yeah. But that's what I saw. Yep. Um, and I thought to hear the post game, both Scott and Adrian and others kept talking about this is a great way to end it, and you know what a good way this for the seniors to go. Out. And then they'd all pause and be like, "Well, unless there's another bowl game, which we'll have to see." It's like these guys don't want to play anymore. Yep. <laughs> um, and for all the national pundits who said, you know, Nebraska fought so hard, now they're quitting. It's like we we played the season, we got what we fought for. If if it weren't for COVID, which uh, if it weren't for the fact that anybody could go to a bowl, you know, if it was a normal season, we would not have earned a bowl game. We were yeah. three and five. Yep. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, sometimes when there's been teams that have a chance to get in at 50, you know, at 500, they say, we'll decline. We don't feel like we earned it. Um, but, you know, with, um, 
winter conditioning starts not too far in the in the future. Um, so they have been stuck here since like March, April, May, and haven't seen their families. And uh, if you're going to play a game in a week, you're basically just going to have another uh, week of practices, just a continuation of what you've been doing. You don't have the specialness that usually comes with a bowl game. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have you don't have a uh, a warm locale with some time on the beach and all the swag from the local businesses that come out and celebrate you. And the you think of in Texas or in uh, uh, is it Austin where you go down the riverfront and all the fans come and um, it's just a really fun, unique experience. You, you you usually would have a whole bunch of time. So then there would be, you know maybe a month, maybe a little less than a month, and you'd have all these. Uh, practices and so it's like well let's get some young guys we got some time mm-hmm. like you wouldn't have any of those things it would be like okay guys we gotta do this again next week and <laughs> right. uh we were already we already had one guy opt out um you know the injury situation continues to mount i don't know that there were any injuries that i can think of there probably were you know with the secrets that we keep around injuries there probably were we'd never know um but it just you know it's just another week in the grind of the hardest year of hopefully all of our lives you know yeah. hopefully it doesn't get much worse than this for for most of us um for any of us so all that to say like i have no hard feeling it would have been fun to watch one more game absolutely but i have no no hard feelings plus and they get to go out with a win they get to go out feeling uh-huh, like they finally put it all together yep yep yeah so i just ranted for a while what what do you think no i agree 100% with everything you're sharing like as a fan, did I want to see one more game? Of course. Of course. That's that's something that we've been talking about for the last several years is, man, I would love to see us get back to a winning season and get a bowl game, right? Well, this mm. year it would have had that asterisk of, well, they didn't have a winning season. Yeah. but and, and even then, that still would have been like, you know what? I'll take it. But in the same way that Nebraska fans were expected to shut up and respect the decision – of the Big Ten to not play a season, I think that you should also shut up and respect the decision of anybody who has made that decision, especially such a personal decision yeah. um, when, it, when it comes to whether or not they want to play this game that essentially means nothing. Really means right. nothing. I mean, yeah, it means nothing. That's a great way to put it. It's an opportunity for some reps, which is good. Yep. Um, but at what cost? Yeah, I don't know. I just for me, I see kind of a, like a disconnect there. Like if you're going to give Nebraska a hard time about opting out, like think about everything that you said about Nebraska four months ago. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you're going to give Nebraska a hard time for opting out after we did everything we could do to play the season and then did, it might be that you just really want clicks. Yep. And you're just a mercenary and you don't actually care about players or the game of college football. Shots fired. <laughs> And I, I mean, to to be frank, I haven't. It, the news just came out this morning. It, we're recording here on on Sunday afternoon, so there's still time for stupid hot takes. But I yep. haven't. Really, I've seen a couple of some. I've seen some local one or two national, but I've also seen some some national folks saying like, "Yeah, I mean, they they did everything they could. They're a big reason we got the season back. They played and and they're done." And let's just let these kids go be home with their families and, and take a breather. Sure. Because just because there's a vaccine doesn't mean that uh, the spring is going to be easy. Yeah. And as crazy as a season that we've had, it uh, it's probably worth pointing out that we did have the early signing day on Wednesday, two days before the game. And um, 
not a particularly dramatic day. I think all the all the signees signed within a couple hours that morning. Maybe one was a little later. So no drama, very little drama. Um, but uh, we've always said we are not a, a strong recruiting podcast. So to help us get a good understanding of uh, of what went down on signing day, we are excited to welcome Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity to the show. So let's let's go get Derek. We are psyched to have Derek Peterson from Hale Varsity with us on the show today. Derek uh, does sports things for Hale Varsity. Derek, welcome to the show. I do. I do do sports things for Hale Varsity. I also have a collection of Michael Scott gifts on my desktop, saved and ready to go at any given time. And those two things about sum it up. So thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to uh, yeah. be talking to you guys. Pleasure is ours. Um, so, so we're going to talk about recruiting here. Uh, Mike and I are not recruiting experts, so we're excited to have you and your expertise. Um, so I guess just to start off, like, what are your big picture thoughts about this recruiting class? Well, I, to start, I, I, w- I won't say that I'm an expert either. Um, I will defer to, you know, like you, you probably were like, whoa, what the hell did we bring you on for? Um, I'll defer to like okay. a guy like Mike Schaefer or Greg Smith. Um, there, there's some really good recruiting specific coverage in this state that people get to that people sure. get to read. So I always appreciate those guys. Um, but, you know, like we, we were kind of talking about this off pod, like it's something that you have to follow 24 seven. 365 days a year because the second Nebraska wrapped its its 2021 signing class on the early signing period, they signed 19 of the the guys that they had committed. And they're going to leave a couple spots open for down the line. But like the second that was done, they're like, all right, time to talk about the 2022 guys. Let's switch to them. And it's just like this never ending cycle with them. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I think the 21 class, it, it hits on some areas of need, um, which were important. You, 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 brought in some defensive backs, maybe a guy um, that we'll probably get to a little bit later that could maybe help you early. That'll be an early enrollee. You sign another quarterback that sort of kind of fits maybe what the progression needs to be for them at the the quarterback position. Um, You sign a couple of pass catchers. um, One of them being one of the most sought after pass catchers in the country. I think he should have been a five-star. A lot of people think he should have been a five-star talking about Thomas Fredoni. Um, they need to have a difference maker like that that can be a guy that is a plug-and-play guy from day one. They need to have one of those dudes every single cycle. It's kind of like my own personal thing. They had one with Adrian in year one, and then they had Wando Robinson. Um, I'm, you know, you don't really know who the guy was last year yet. He hasn't really kind of jumped out at you, but I think Thomas Fedoni can absolutely be that plug-and-play. He's going to be a guy that defenses have to pay attention to. I think he's going to play a ton. Um, right away. So I, I think it, it was a, it was a class that had that one guy, but it was also a class that just kind of like filled in around. Um, I think, you know, through the, through the first couple of years, Frost was trying to build depth, but at the same time he was trying to build depth. He was trying to get guys that could come play for him now because they were kind of cycling through um, who was talented, who maybe wasn't all the way bought in, who could, could, firmly grasp the system offensively he was trying to um you know burn it at both ends of the candle so to speak where he was trying to find depth that he could bolster the team so that they could make it through a nine game big 10 schedule or 12 game season but also find guys that you could start week one and play right away and feel comfortable with playing right away this class i think is a little bit different in that i don't know how many of these dudes are going to be playing 
right away. You know, like Frost talked, you guys heard it a ton this season, how young the team was. Like, I, he doesn't want that to be the case year after year after year. Um, it's not going to be a situation where they're relying on um, a guy like Latrell Neville, like, okay, this guy has to come in and give us 30 catches and 500 yards receiving. Otherwise, you know, we're in big trouble. Um, it's more of let's let's just start to fill in behind what we have and, and, and try to bolster the depth a little bit, which I think this class does. But at the same time, like I said, Thomas Fedoni, I think he can be a guy that can come in right away. So I, I think it's a it's a class that really fits what they needed um, from from the cycle, and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. They got a lot of guys early enrolling, so we'll see what happens when they get here. I think there was a lot said about how it was a low drama day. Um, and also maybe because of COVID, there's a lot more people from closer. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that that's might be the start of a trend for Frost in terms of more people closer and less drama, or is this just truly a COVID one-off? Um, maybe a little of both. I mean, like everybody's going to kind of find some, some tricks and, and tips that they can pull from this covid era recruiting cycle and and keep it going forward i think they probably like the virtual recruiting visit stuff that they have for guys that maybe can't necessarily get here as often as they would like them to do in a normal recruiting cycle but i you know i don't think it's going to be a situation where most of you know 90 of your class is coming from the 500 mile radius they want the talent in the 500 mile radius to stay and they want to have a high hit rate with those guys um but you know, I think when they're able to get out, when they're able to go to camps, when they're able to go see people in person, I think you'll see, um, you know, you, you'll see guys more from the the kind of the southeastern corner that they were trying to to really um, build a home in through the first couple of years. And, and the Georgia, Alabama area is something that they've recruited really, really hard. And I think that will continue to be the case. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe they, they've figured out a couple things here, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be so limited next time. Their, their biggest thing is just, they have to get guys here to show them what game day atmosphere is like at Nebraska. Um, that's their, that's their number one selling point. Come see what this looks like on a Saturday. This is not what you are told that it is. This is completely different from what anybody will tell you that it is. And you have to show them a game day atmosphere with 90,000 fans in Memorial stadium to hammer that point home. And when you can't do that, it really kind of limits your reach. Um, so I, you know, I think when, when they can have fans back in the stands, when they can have kind of a normal game day atmosphere, I think, you know, the, it, it'll maybe return to business as normal um, in that regard. You wonder how much not being able to show those things contributes to some of the guys that left, you know, they didn't get to see a spring game. Uh, it was very unusual in so many ways. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it was a hard time. Know. It was a hard time. Guys wanted to be closer to, to home. And it happened. Um, it didn't just happen in football. It happened across a bunch of different sports. Like my other main beat that I have, women's basketball, like they lost their top score because she just wanted to be closer to home. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of um, an, an unfortunate side effect uh, of this pandemic if you're looking at it from a roster building, roster management standpoint. That's true. I bet if people kind of stretch, search through their own personal networks, they'd find that that's happening. I'm just thinking of some people that I work with whose kids are, are transferring, actually, I can think of one who's transferring from OU to, to Nebraska, uh, a college kid of a, of a coworker, um, mm -hmm. just, and that was it. It's like, you know, I'm not hanging out with my friends. Yep. I stuck home here in this dorm room. I as well be back home. Yep.
So, you know, despite the fact that it was a very uh, drama-free day, was there anything surprising about this class to you? No, not really. Maybe a surprise and and a lack of, in that there was no surprise? No, no. Yeah, yeah, no drama on signing day, but, you know, considering COVID and everything, it was going to kind of be a muted, muted day anyway, I thought. Um, So, yeah, I I guess maybe if I have to give a, a one surprise, like I'd say, Thomas Fedoni not getting a five star was a surprise. Really? Yeah, like we watched that dude. I mean, I, I've seen that dude in person. We watched him at the Warren Academy camp, and like I looked at my coworker Greg Smith, who's our recruiting expert at Hale Varsity, um, and there were a couple other folks there that cover recruiting too. And we kind of all had the same the same thought of like, that dude isn't a five star. Like, what the hell do they look like? Mm. Like he looks like a five star. Um, six foot five, huge, and incredibly smooth and athletic. Um, in just the way that he operates. And um, I think, I think people will be excited with him. Is that, with him. is that just because he's based in Southwest Iowa? If he was in Georgia, maybe he'd be a five star or something. Yeah. I wonder if that plays into it. Um, I do. I also wonder too, if, you know, like recruiting to, if, if committing to Nebraska um, plays into it, you know, for some of the more local kids that play here that, that, you know, like I was talking to one guy, um, I think, when there's not a Nebraska offer, other schools look at that and they're like, okay, well then we won't bother because they'll just get him as a walk-on. And then because he doesn't have a ton of offers, then you look at some of the recruiting um, experts, the recruiting databases, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, they're not paying attention to him. Our resources are better allocated elsewhere. I think that some guys can kind of just slip through the cracks. I'm not saying that happened with Fedoni because he's like really, really close to being a five-star. Um, I think he's like as close as you can get to being one without actually being one looking at the 247 composite. Um, but I mean, like, I think sometimes, you know, like a guy commits and it's like, okay, we don't have to keep evaluating. Let's, let's move on to the, the next guy. Is, is he the clear number one in this class? The top? Oh, without a doubt. Who, what are the next uh, several top recruits in this class? Um, you asked me when we talked off pod, one of the things you told me we were going to talk about under the radar guys. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of those. Cause I think sure. they kind of just kind of one of the same, um, Marcus Buford is defensive back. I have in my notes. Um, he's an early enrollee guy. He's at a position of need as a defensive back. Um, they're going to lose maybe all four of their starters in the secondary, depending on what goes down with Cam Taylor Britt. I think he put enough on tape to be able to go to the NFL. Um, I think you put it. I think you put enough on tape to be able to get drafted. It's kind of just what what he's hearing that will will maybe um, inform that decision. But you're going to lose Dismuke. You're going to lose Boodle. You're going to lose Deontay Williams, um, unless those guys decide to run it back with with the extra year of eligibility. Which you know, if you just kind of read the tea leaves and and kind of dissect the way that they talked about Senior Day yeah. before and afterwards, you can kind of think that they're leaning more towards calling it a day um so so you could potentially have a situation where you need a new starter at all four of your defensive back positions i think a guy like marcus buford could come in and and challenge right away for one of those spots as an early enrollee um he's a six foot guy he's a prep player for a year so he, he had that year to kind of get in and 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 have some kind of physical development time um i think he's a guy who could be really interesting in the secondary now of course they've got you know, you've got like Braxton Clark coming back. Um, you've got Miles Farmer that they feel good about, Quentin Newsom, Noel Gates, some of those guys that have already been in the program for a couple of years. 
Uh, so maybe Buford isn't a starter, but kind of seeing Travis Fisher, you know, doesn't really have any compunctions about playing young guys early. Yeah. Um, he'll do it if they, if they show that they're ready. And, you know, with Buford being an early enrollee guy, depending on what, what their spring ball looks like, he might be a guy that could kind of push his way into that rotation, maybe push his way into the two deep. I think another guy too, that is maybe um, a little flying a little under the radar now. And I saw um, Brian Christopherson at two, four, seven, just wrote about him. So maybe that'll change a little bit. Um, Chris Kolarovic. I butcher everybody's name every time I do a podcast or radio hit, so we'll keep it going. Uh, the the graduate transfer linebacker from Northern Iowa. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. He, you know, like as as a guy has a graduate transfer instead of a an incoming, you know, like or I guess outgoing high school senior. Like, there's kind of a tendency to be like more excited about the four year guy that's coming because of all this potential and all. Look at what he can be. Um, Chris at linebacker is a guy. You know, he. I was reading that Christopherson story and, and uh, BC asked a strength and Chris said, sideline the sideline guy. Um, and, and to have that in a linebacker, the athleticism to do that, um, for him to view that as a strength of his, um, yeah, I mean, at least signals that that's something that he enjoys doing, likes doing, is willing to do at the very least. That's good. They get you know, Nebraska for two years, the last two years now, teams are putting their linebackers in coverage and just killing them with crossing patterns over the middle or, or finding them in zones. Um, so if he can be an athletic guide inside linebacker, um, you lost Colin Miller to a medical retirement. Depending on what happens with Will Honus, um, you might lose both of your starting inside linebackers. So you're going to have another spot there where you're maybe looking at um, a guy like a guy like Chris. He's a grad transfer. He's been in a program. He was second team all conference or all American or something like that. Um, at, at UNI the last year he played, he had 65 tackles in six games in 2018. And then he got hurt. He had 79 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss and two sacks in 2019. Um, so he's proven to, to be a guy that can be around the ball and make plays at, at kind of a high volume. Um, so if he can come in and be something right away, that'd be good. That'd be good for them. That'd be great. Payne was, was a good example of someone who came in and made an impact right away this year. So if we can get more of that, uh, that would be great. Yeah, and I think, too, like you look at, at what the defense has done, like those guys are developing dudes. Um, you see it with Casey Rogers. You see it with Feldarius Payne sort of just kind of building his way up. And then at the final game of the season, he gets a sack on, on a really well-executed stunt. Um, you know, you see it at, at – Every level. Cam Taylor Britt was a cornerback or a quarterback at high school, excuse me, that they've converted into a cornerback and now might potentially be an NFL draft pick. I think he's one of the best corners in the conference. Um, they're developing dudes. Their hit rate is is pretty high on the defensive side of the ball. So you, you feel good about those guys coming in. Yeah, you wonder if uh, if Frost feels like they maybe wasted a really good defense this year with such a bad offense. Um, they did. They did. What a shame. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. They did. <laughs> um, they, you know, Frost said that they played well enough on defense to win in almost every game they played, probably save for the Illinois game um, and Ohio State, just because Ohio State's going to do that to everybody. Um, was it six of eight? Pretty good. Yeah. And you go three and three and five. Yep. Got it. And he knows it. I mean, he says that, and he's not. He's looking in the mirror as he says it. And it's his. It's his offense. So um, I wanted to ask you, uh, in the press conference, Frost used the word twitchy a bunch of times when talking, I think mostly about defenders. What, 
What's Twitchy? What, what does he like about Twitchy? Yeah, so Greg Smith, I asked Greg this question just to kind of clarify or just, just to make sure that I had it right. Greg's, Greg's um, description was a guy who has quick twitch, a.k.a. he's very athletic. That's, what's Greg, that's what Greg said to me. And I kind of just laughed. I was like, you can't, you can't describe a word that I'm asking you to describe by including the word in your description. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like you put a guy in one-on-one coverage. Does he have that kind of that wiggle to win a one-on-one battle? Yeah. You hear um, on the offensive side of the ball, you hear like wide receivers described that way as twitchy guys that have that kind of athleticism to not necessarily just bull rush a dude and just. So if we're talking about a linebacker, because I think Randolph Kapai was a guy that he called twitchy a bunch, um, not necessarily just run a left tackle straight into the quarterback's lap, but can you get set up one on one on an island and can you get around the dude? Can you beat the guy in a one-on-one battle? And um, that's something that they continue to look for. That's something that's been a need for four years. And highly athletic people. I mean, yep, people who can do it all. And that definitely fits with. I feel like the strategy of defense, especially, but also offense, where you want to have guys who can do a whole bunch of things so that you can move them around and get an advantage. Whether that's on offense, your your duck R hybrid, or on defense, you know, corner can play safety, can play. Uh, peso and I was previously uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, all the all the positions the nickel all yep. that yep okay um so uh he said so we've got 19 guys um and then February is when the final signing date is do you anticipate anybody else I mean uh, Frost had said they'd like to have one in their back pocket for a grad transfer or anything I mean do you think they're looking for anybody or hoping for anybody yet I think they'll dip around in the transfer portal We'll see what happens there. There, there are too many people in the transfer portal right now for them not to look. It would be um, derelict duty if, if they didn't go look around. Um, I think they will look around. I don't think they'll look at quarterbacks in the portal. Oh, really? Um, a skill position guy, maybe. There is a certain running back that uh, entered the portal at the time of recording recently. Um, that also recently followed Nebraska's running back coach. Oh, did he? And Nebraska's running back coach recently followed him. Oh. So if people want to go do some sleuth work, he was a guy that they liked on the trail <laughs> ahead of time, and he's now in the portal. We'll see. I, I, it's not any inside reporting there. It's just like probably just a coincidence. Because I was looking at I was looking at some of the other guys he followed, and you know, he followed like Utah's recruiting coordinator, so a bunch of guys. When okay. they get put in the transfer portal, that stuff happens. But it was notable that held like the guy on the recruiting trail early and now here we are he's put his name in the portal and within a couple hours they both follow each other on twitter that's something yeah um yeah i think they'll look at a spot there is a certain guy uh in omaha that did not sign on the early signing period yeah um and if if i guess didn't sign that first day if they can make it out to february with that guy they might have a shot yeah, that's kind of Do you have a, any idea why of, he didn't sign other than, I mean, I understand he, he wants to evaluate all his options. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just in talking to my recruiting guy, um, his kind of feel is if, if they can make it up to February on that, then, then they'll, they'll feel kind of good about that. Cool. Um, Great. So, so we'll see. Yeah, they, they, he likes to keep, he likes to keep a, a spot or two in his back pocket. Um, for, you know, like Conavai Noah, 
for Trey Neal in year one. Now, Connor is probably not a great example because he didn't do much. He could have been. He, he was a starter for them, right, at wide yeah. receiver. Levi Falk was a starter for them as a grad transfer wide receiver. Um, they like to keep a, a couple of spots. And, and you know, Frost feels like they've got some walk-on guys that, that should go on scholarship. And I know, you know, after the the season that, that we just got through with some of the, the skill position personnel usage, people will probably w- roll their eyes at hearing uh, walk-on deserve to go on scholarship. But he feels that way. Um, and he's the guy running the team. So right. we'll see. But uh, have you heard any – I feel like – at the beginning of the season, when we were going to maybe play South Dakota State still, people were talking about Cade Johnson a lot, and I know he didn't – I don't think he played this season. Have you, have you heard anything about it? He is preparing for the NFL draft. Oh, really? I heard. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why that's I think I heard. Play on that front. Yeah. Bummer. That would have been cool. Oh, well. we'll see. I'm working on a piece where kind of looking at what, what would be on a Christmas wish list for Nebraska heading into 2021 and – Certain guy that they signed as a junior college transfer in the last class, uh, sticking around and producing something more than one appearance and five snaps and one target in a season. Uh, it's pretty high on that list. Yeah, sure. Man, what a what a bizarre week. I mean, early signing day coming before a game and now no bowl and for sure. And interesting to see who sticks around. Is is it correct that – uh, you can stick around and that doesn't count towards scholarship limits this next year for the seniors that I think they, yeah. So the seniors can stay. The thing that they got to figure out is like what happens for scholarship limits going forward. Right. Because like when the NCAA froze eligibility, it was a great feel good kind of um, obvious move to make for seniors. Yeah. But to do it across the board, so, I mean, it's a five-year impact. Yeah, it's a big um, down. Because Luke McCaffrey will go into the 2021 season in the eyes of the NCAA as a redshirt freshman. It will be his third year on campus, and he will be a redshirt freshman. So they will have um, Heinrich Harburg and Logan Smothers technically as true freshmen, both true freshmen in the eyes of the NCAA even though Logan will be going into his second year. Um, and then McCaffrey will be a redshirt freshman going into his third year. Wow. So does Nebraska recruit another quarterback in 22 and add them? And then like your, your roster management, your recruiting timelines, everything has kind of been thrown up in the air. And I don't know that they have um, clarity yet on what like caps are going to be going forward. Okay. That's good to know. I didn't realize, I guess I thought there was more clarity on that, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the NCAA hasn't given enough clarity on something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. NCAA and big 10 are running kind of one in hand. Yeah. Good buddies. Cool. Well, Derek, this has been, this has been really fun, really interesting. Um, I, I assume that anybody who's listening to this podcast already follows you on social media and or subscribe to Hail Varsity, but how can our listeners uh, find your, your good work? Uh, on Twitter, it's at, D-R-P-E-T-E-Y-H-V. Um, Dr. P-D-H-V. My middle name is Robert. So it worked out that my initials were Dr. P. Gotcha. Um, people give me a hard time about that all the time. I always have to explain. And then hailvarsity.com is where you can find everything. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. Always happy to come on. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, thank you, Derek. I am definitely somebody who um, needs somebody like Derek to fill me in on this kind of thing. So uh, it's nice to have him on the podcast, add some clarity to the situation, and you know, hopefully good things moving forward for this team. I also would like to add that Derek is an awesome dude and has been very encouraging and supportive behind the scenes. And uh, so it was an honor to be able to chat with him on the podcast finally. Thanks, Derek. Awesome. You know who's also encouraging and supportive behind the scenes? Our sponsors. Our sponsors, <laughs> yes. Listen, folks, if your New Year's resolution was to buy a new home, it's not too late. All right? There's still a few days left to check that box off your oh, list. Oh, your 2020 New Year's resolution. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I thought you meant just, your 2021. You know, they say if you just like create a sense of urgency, it gets people to act, right? So, um, but anyway. Your deadline's no. coming. Hurry up and make a decision. <laughs> For real, though, folks, whether, whether you want to move quick or you want to take it slow, um, that sounds like I'm talking about dating, but... Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm talking about buying homes right now. Monty is your man. He is uh, He is just such a kind-hearted, good dude. Um, it's been great just getting to know him this year. Um, uh, you know, just, just Justin and I and the interaction that we've had with him, um, with the podcast sponsorship and everything. Um, really supportive dude. Really good guy. Uh, he's pretty consistent in sharing our posts on Facebook, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I appreciate but, that. But yeah, um, even beyond that, though, um, good guy who who's going to put your interests first as a realtor, um, somebody who is happy to discuss with you your options before you even are ready to pull the trigger on anything. So um, as we say from week to week, uh, you can reach out to him by phone at 402-770-3356. And you can always email him as well at monty.rody at prglincoln.com. And again, that's M-O-N-T-Y dot R-O-H-D-E-E at prglincoln.com. Yeah, he's looking forward to hearing from you. Also, uh, big thank you to our, our friends at Central Nebraska Buffalo. It's, it's probably too late to get anything for Christmas. Uh, if you want to order from their website, you can still go into Leon's Gourmet Grocers here in Lincoln or Just Good Meats up in Omaha and find some Central Nebraska Buffalo products there. Um, but, you know, New Year's celebration, uh, celebrating January, celebrating the end of 2020. <laughs> May, um, maybe you have a resolution to eat leaner meat in the new year. Yeah, all kinds of opportunities to pick yourself up. I'm flipping through... Uh, the list of everything here on their website. We've got ground bison, bison roast, jerky, uh, teriyaki sticks. Um, we got uh, bison tongue for ten bucks. I um, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do with that. Bison liver. Uh, oh, it's out of stock. Um, no, but really, it's a lots popular of, thing, folks. Lots of amazing stuff. And the hat, and the hat. So uh, you buy a hat, you get free shipping. So. Check it out, cnbuffalo.com. Also, check them out on social media. You can find all their social links on their website. Um, Good stuff. Well, we don't really talk too much about other teams on the podcast, Justin, but who's your pick for the national champion? Uh, Not Alabama. I don't care. (laughs) I haven't paid a single, like, I haven't paid attention at all. Watched a second of Alabama this year. Like, they, they aren't even on my radar at all. I don't know if yeah. I've even watched a highlight from Alabama this year. I don't I I nothing Alabama in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I am I don't know uh yeah, I haven't followed them a lot. I mean, the the metrics SP+ really likes them, so 
Uh, they also really like Clemson and kind of like Ohio State. They had Cincinnati. Oh, man. Aren't you glad we didn't play Cincinnati this year? Woo! <laughs> you that actually said that earlier. Poorly. <laughs> I can tell yeah. how you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't I don't care. Whoever I I don't I don't see uh I don't see Notre Dame beating Alabama and uh you know, it'll be interesting to see that Clemson Ohio State Yeah, rematch. for for Ohio State for for all that they did to kind of come up a come up beside Nebraska and kind of be our brothers in arms to try to get this season to happen. I feel like maybe we do got to root for Ohio State this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll root for them. I'm fine but with that. But regardless, whether it's Clemson or Ohio State, they better beat Alabama. Because no way is Notre Dame beating Alabama. <laughs> no. no. Uh, okay, anyway. All right, on that note... Um, I, I don't suppose we will record before Christmas, so this is our this uh, episode's our Christmas gift to y'all listeners. Uh, Merry Christmas, Mike. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Safe travels to those of you who are going to see loved ones, and make sure you isolate beforehand. Maybe it's too late for that at this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> this point. Hope you've been isolating. <laughs> yep. All that said, go big red. Go big red and green and tinsel and silver and gold and yeah. <laughs> I uh, I wonder how much y'all are going to be hearing my kids running around upstairs in the last ten minutes of this podcast. It's the joy uh, of the season. Nap time has ended, and uh, the pitter patter of little feet is happening right above right, my head. All right. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. See